All right, hello, music friends. Welcome once again to The Musician Next Door. I am Stephen Stamp, joined, as always, by co-host... Carrie McMaster. And we are very excited for this third episode to be joined by Bruno Mares. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So we are recording here at 197 Hunter Street West at, the, at Next Door. And Bruno, we're gonna jump immediately to the name situation because we've had we've told a bunch of people how excited we are that we're going to be having you on the podcast and, and everyone like, says you have Bruno Mars on the podcast and we say no no it's Mars M E R Z. Can you just tell us about the what that's meant been like for you? Yes, that is definitely something that comes up every conversation I have when I say what my name is, and um, but that was um, what happened. Well, that's my real name. Mm-hmm. And Peter Hernandez is the real name of Bruno Mars, actually. So he changed his name in about 2000 and something when he started getting famous. And um, that was actually around the time that I'd already had a song out on uh, as Starbucks Pick of the Week in the United States and in Canada. And so I was getting a little bit of traction with plays. And um, I thought, do I change my name? What do I do? Because this guy, Bruno Mars, is suddenly everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I was getting emails from people and um, messages saying like, what are you doing, man? Are you just trying to copy this guy, Bruno Mars? And, <laughs> and some of them were really aggressive. And so I'd write to these people and just say, um, this is my real name. I can't do anything about it. And I had a manager at the time who said, no way change your name because no. you've had a song that's like being distributed mm-hmm. this like um starbucks pick of the week is they give they release about a million little i think it's over a million little did, did you did you ever see those starbucks pick of the week i cuts? did i think so oh, yeah. i'm not a starbucks person i don't drink coffee no. so I'm <laughs> yeah well, I, I wasn't really either but so in every starbucks there was a free download and um and so there was just millions of these things mm-hmm. released all over the place so it was a bit late to suddenly change my name yeah and, and you um, shouldn't have to no you <laughs> but it's your real name and you're recording no, exactly. and it's not even so the same it's not it's like close it, no. it's close it's but very very close yeah. yeah so what even happened once was facebook deleted all of my <gasps> fans and transferred them over to bruno mars because they thought i was impersonating him and oh so it God. took about six months of me writing to facebook with my manager saying this is my real name like listen to the music I'm not impersonating him and then they finally reinstated it but all these people who become suddenly become fans of Bruno Mars had unliked him and therefore (laughs) I'd lost all like I'd lost about 5,000 fans or something through that that's so sad yeah weird yeah. frustrating yeah Yeah. very frustrating but he's a great singer yeah yeah he's great I mean he's not I don't think he's really my cup of tea he's no he's not really my cup of tea but he does He's a great pop pop artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just a shame that that him picking that name, which is a cool name, unfortunately, very yeah. similar name already taken by some yeah. of the actual names. So I know. Yeah. I didn't when I first heard him. I, I didn't realize how big he was actually going to get. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You never know, right? And and uh, Carrie, sorry, you go ahead. What? Oh, I was going to no, keep no, going. No, 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 no. You can keep going. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I met you uh, actually through your wife, through Drada, mm-hmm. 
And um, I was, I guess I was a little curious of how you two met, because I know she's a ballerina and traveled the world. Oh, yeah. I know you're from New Zealand and you were living, were you living in uh, Europe somewhere as well, right? Yeah, so I left New Zealand in about 99 yeah. and then moved to France for a little France, while. And then from it. there, I, it took me a while to learn the language. So I just thought I can speak Dutch, so I'm going to go to Holland and try and get a, a job there instead. So I moved to the Netherlands and then um, lived there for about nine years. Wow. And then I met Drita in The Hague because I spent oh, most nice. of the time I lived there. I lived in Amsterdam, but then I moved to The Hague because um, I'd had this horrible breakup. And, oh. um and then I met her there through my brother who was working at the music conservatory there and he was studying opera and she was studying ballet. And so she was at a lot of these parties that I would go to. And so we just started, we, we were friends for about three years before we started dating. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah. And then you've been together for, I mean, you've been married for a few years, but you've been together as a couple for Yeah, we've been together time. for like f almost 15 years. So yeah, long oh. time. And what brought you both to Peterborough? Well, how'd you wind up in this area? So her parents live here. So she was born in Toronto and she went to the National Ballet School there. Right. And, um, and then her parents moved here when, to Peterborough when she was about 14. And she stayed in Toronto in the residence there and then went straight to the Netherlands from there. And um, uh, yeah, so then after living in the UK together for about 10 years, um, she, because when you have a ballet career, you retire pretty young. And so she retired at the top of her game pretty much and then thought, let's move closer to the parents <laughs> because it's better that way. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, like you said, I mean, ballet careers tend to be quite short. Um, it's so demanding on yeah. the body. And sure is. But the, I think that the loss of the ballet community worldwide is, is a real gain for Peterborough to oh, have yeah. the two of you here. <laughs> yes. We're, we're so excited to believe it when we, when we start to hear your music, which is, oh. wow, where'd this guy come from? And then, the of course, it's the whole story. You, I That's think we're just heard. <laughs> and we've seen Dreda performing for folks who who aren't familiar or may think, oh, wait, that sounds familiar. Dreda Blow is a terrific dancer. She's been, she was performed at the Mayor's uh, Arts Awards Council, oh, the yeah, Arts Awards did, yeah. um, luncheon, and she's been doing, she's teaching, and she is finding ways to still do, be active in it. And yeah, that. so she found the transition quite difficult. I think it's, even now, she's still struggling a little bit because she was performing, like, six nights a week in front of, thousands of people sometimes in these huge theaters and then all of a sudden we've moved to this sort of smaller city yeah. and um which we both really wanted and both love like mm -hmm. i i okay. love peterborough and i love uh, we wanted to move out of big cities and um but the transition for her psychologically i think has been quite a big sort of trying to figure out what to do with herself and feel still feel um like she has a purpose mm. and so she's she keeps herself incredibly busy though she's yeah. just constantly doing things so she's i think she's doing doing good yeah. it's, it is hard for high level athletes and performers in something like ballet that is it is so demanding where i mean you see professional athletes as well who retire in their early 30s and things or, or younger yeah. depending on things situations and it is it's hard when you've put so much in and i mean it's not like you decide when you're 16 Oh, I'd like to be a 
prima ballerina or a top level ballerina and doing, like she's been doing that since she was a tiny girl yeah she started and, when she was four i think yeah wow. and i mean i know i'm a lacrosse guy and i know tons of lacrosse guys who started here in peterborough when they were three or four years old playing you know being wow. peanuts and then it's such a big part of your life and then you retire from playing and unless you start coaching right away and it's yeah. you know it is psychologically and emotionally super demanding yeah um and i guess part of it is being around the parents has to help, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. And the fact that you're still, because singers can, can last longer, you're still <laughs> ascending in your career. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, uh, we do like to call the musician next board the springboard to fame and fortune. Right. <laughs> so we had our, uh, our first guests were Paper Shakers, Michael Witt of the Paper Shakers, of Paper Shakers. And, uh, and then we had Hillary Dumoulin, and Hillary was the um, emerging artist at Folk at Peterborough Folk Festival oh, last wow, year, great. and since after Hillary was on and after Paper Shakers had been here, Paper Shakers were named emerging artists for this year's oh, Folk wow. Festival. So now we know you've already performed at Folk Festival, and uh, there was yeah, an accident. I performance. heard about yeah. that, yeah, but they loved it. We we talked to the Folk Festival organizers, oh, and they were so pleased that you were able to step in. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the sound for that stage, and oh, then um, the weather station, I think her name is. Yes, yeah. Yeah. pulled out at the last minute, and they were like, "Can you go on?" That's like, okay. okay. Wow, like just songs. off the cuff, you just yeah. went on, so wow. so we had to try and source a guitar from somewhere, but... but that's oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh, you wow. want one more, and then we're going to listen to Bruno play. Sure, yeah, okay, so um, here, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the recording process. So your first album, Depart... Departing from Crowds, is that the correct title? Yep. So, um, which had a, a track for you now, which was in a movie called Life as We Know It. Is that? That's yeah. right. Yeah. So from that process to your latest <clears throat> creation, what has that been like? The, the yeah, that's a, it's process? been an interesting journey. So even before Departing from Crowds, I released this 10 or 11 track album, which was really, really rough recordings on a very old PC and um, I had this crappy microphone I bought for like 50 euros or something. Held together with duct tape? Pretty much, <laughs> yes. But one of those songs was the one, that was the one that became Starbucks Pick of the Week so it doesn't matter really what wow, you record on. So cool. If you've got the right sound people will, yeah. will notice. What was the song? And, um, that was 916, that's the original version of 916. Okay. So I think that's on YouTube but I haven't released that yet. I'm going to do a release of old demos because some of those are still, people ask me about those. Right. And um, So then after that I had a friend in Amsterdam who worked in production and he said let's He'd heard about the Starbucks thing and this mm -hmm. interest from this movie guy and um, said, let's do an EP together. And um, so we recorded that in his, he had a really lovely room in Amsterdam. And um, so he produced that and we were, like, we were already friends and it was a great process. And he had a lot of nice gear, which I had nothing. So <laughs> that was a massive help for me. And, um, but, um, and then after that, for Highways, I worked with my manager, who's also a producer, sort of. He, well, he records a lot of bands and he does a lot with audio stuff. So he had a lot of gear. And because um, I've never had the money to really buy good microphones and yeah. good stuff. So with, then I worked with him and he sort of worked as a producer too. But I realized after that, 
I don't want to work with other people like producers and it's nothing against them but as soon as I'm working with someone else I have to compromise on things that I would like there are things in the second one that I would have liked to have done differently if I'd had a bit more time and with the first one too um, I would have done things a bit differently and so these these the last the whisper to an EP mm-hmm. that was fully recorded by myself in my own in my own little studio that I've That's set up wonderful. here. And what's the and release date on that? When that one, it? that one's out already. That's the new one. But then I've released a few singles after that, right. which right. I will compile into a into an album. album. Yeah, soon. Okay. Which I'm I know Carrie wants to talk some more about that. We haven't spoken about how you would describe your music, what kind of genre and stuff. And I think what we're going to do, if people have listened this far, we're not going to get into that. We're going to play a song. Uh, you sent us uh, one. We're going to play it's Billions and Trillions of Stars. Which is self-produced, right? Yeah, that one's yeah. fully recorded here yeah. in Peterborough. Within this in year. Peterborough. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Where'd you record it? Um, that was when I was still living in the back room of Drita's parents' house. Okay. So they had a little sort of attic room that I recorded in. That's they were awesome. very kind to give me that space. Well. And now we've moved, and now I have set up another a, a room for recording. Yeah. So. Well, we are playing this song because... We, we listened to a ton of your songs, and Carrie and I both love it, and thought, <laughs> oh, this is a great, great way to introduce everyone to, to what your sound is and why we're so excited to have you on. So we're going to take a quick break. This is The Musician Next Door. I'm Stephen Stamp with Carrie Jane McMaster. Our guest is Bruno Maris, and this is Billions and Trillions of Stars. This living soul Say it lasts forever But I can't lift my head today I'm 
blinds that cage me Beyond the roofs it's blue today But I'm weary Weary in the morning Where did that begin? When did that begin? There was a time when everything shimmered Hey, this is Bruno Mertz for Musician Next Door Podcast. Come and see me live on the 26th of July at 9pm at the Next Door Bar, 197 Hunter Street West. Welcome back to the Musician Next Door. That was the Musician Next Door this month. Bruno Mares with his gorgeous song, Billions and Trillions of Stars. And I think after listening to that, first of all, you probably went back and looped through it a few times, because I know that's what Carrie and I did <laughs> with a lot of your music. We just keep listening to it over and over. But uh, I, I'm sure you're all even more excited now to, to hear more about this. And Carrie, you wanted to uh, delve into something. Yes, 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 yes. Also, I play this at the salon. I love all of your songs. Um, <laughs> <That's> very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, recently you, you went away, uh, you were in California and you took some time to really be creative and write. And, and this is one of, this is one of the songs that That's you, right. Yes, this created. is one of the ones that came out. Um, so Drita went to Del Arte, which is like a um, special physical theater type course in Blue cool. Lake in California. Where about to California is it? Uh, Humboldt County. So you're Humboldt. surrounded by growers everywhere. Wow. It's, it's very wild territory. Where's Humboldt County? I don't even know. Um, it's nor- north, north California. So, oh. so then we did a road trip back all the way down to San Francisco. And cool. it was really fun. Well, but so I used that time to because she was away nearly all day and a lot of the evening, so I thought right. this is perfect for me to go and just concentrate on writing. Wow. And so I'd go out every day with my guitar and sit by this river and just write for hours and hours. And um, I was listening to a lot of John Prine and Towns Van Sant at the time, and um, I think that was sort of inspirational for that kind of sound without losing my own sort of sound I guess mm. and um, so I, re- I recorded 
into my phone just about 30 or 40 song ideas and wow. I'm slowly working through the ones that, that are going to make the cut That's awesome. and then turn that into an album hopefully yeah. and when you're writing you're sitting by the, the river you've got your guitar and, you're, and your phone ready to record or whatever. <laughs> What's, are, are you a, a music first guy and then the lyrics or do you have lyrics and then you put the music to it pretty much always music first and then lyrics but occasionally like with 916 I was standing waiting for a train and that whole first verse just popped into my head without even any mm. any forethought. It just yeah. was there. And I love when that happens. So you scramble to get it written down? Yeah, so yeah. I quickly wrote that down. And um, sometimes, so sometimes I'll get a whole verse or a chorus and it's just there. And then I can start. So that's quite rare, but usually it's music first. And then I kind of, I know the feeling of what I'm trying to say before I write it down. So the song has a feeling, the music that I'm playing has a feeling that I'm trying to get out, I guess. And then I just have to turn that into words somehow. So sometimes I'll just sing a whole bunch of just nonsense. And weirdly enough, when I listen back, a lot of the sounds that I'm making actually are words that sound like words that end up being the, the final words. Like I'm almost, almost know what I want to say before I say it. It's yeah, really strange. Yeah, the melody's yeah. quite easy, but the words I find they harder. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because listening to the music, it's very, I'm not sure. I mean, you guys, listeners, you've heard it now. You have a sense of the music. It's, it is kind of layered and atmospheric. And, mm. and it, it is, I think, the music side of it that really draws you in a lot. But then there's that magic of music to make words. Yeah, so like, I feel like if you read your, read your lyrics or almost anybody's lyrics just on the page, You'd be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then you hear it with the music, and it, that's it just what it really adds a whole layer, you, right? doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. so true. It does, yeah. for sure. That's what I love about music. Yeah, yeah. me too. So amazing. Now, the, we, we touched on the, the song being in the movie for Life, life as it. Life as we know it. Life as we know it. Yeah. Which, um, and just added to Netflix, I noticed. Oh, hey. <laughs> we have to go watch it. But it's because you're, I mean, when, again, when you listen to the music, another thing that strikes me is it sounds like it should be a soundtrack. Um, like some of my favorite soundtracks, uh, the Garden State soundtrack. Oh, yeah, I feel like, you know, soundtrack. there's yeah. iron and wine on there, yeah. and the shins, and just some great stuff. And I could totally see a Bruno Mars song being in there. <laughs> it, would, it would seem to fit that, you know, that kind of alt-indie yeah. oh, mood, right? right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's a question. <laughs> just, um, are there more, yeah, are there I more guess, soundtrack well, songs coming? How, how does that even happen? Um, well, when I write a song, I often have visuals in my head, so I often pretend it's for a film or something. Okay. And um, with that song specifically, I actually did that. I thought, I want to write something that would be good for a movie. Wow. And um, that works really well. <laughs> and... Um, so what happened was I wrote to a manager of a um, of another artist in in LA, and I showed him some of the well I showed him the EP, the Departing from Crowds EP, mm. and he said um, he was really interested in that songs particularly, and then if and then I didn't hear anything for about two months, and then he suddenly came to me and said um, they want to use this song and um in a big Hollywood comedy (laughs) actually first they were going to use it in Free Willy 3 (laughs) and I was like that's fine whatever and then then they changed it to New Zealand (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, but um so that was that was really that was a big deal for me and there's a funny story with that because 
um, there was a night when we were still living in the UK when this all happened and I was working as an illustrator for a long time and um, I had to, so I was spending a lot of time illustrating these children's books because that was my, how I was earning most of my money mm -hmm. and um, I decided, I had, well I'd, I wasn't spending a lot of time on music, I wasn't spending a lot of time on illustration, I thought I have to choose one of these things to to really become good at one and focus on that to earn to earn, earn a living and do something that I love doing and I thought I don't dare to do the music thing so I'm going to choose illustration and I'm going to get really good at that and I'm just going to forget about the music thing wow. and um, that night I got an email that email saying like um, we want to use that song and, and I thought okay that's probably some kind of sign <laughs> yeah. that I have to keep Maybe going with give the music, up on the music thing, no, yeah. I'm so yeah, glad because it's so it's yeah. so um, you have to be brave to, to make, make it work in music and you you got to, it. To, to, it's yeah push yourself as you know <laughs> Kerry I'm sure <laughs> it's, yeah oh. if you want to do it for a living you really have to take that step and not listen to anyone else and just be like this is what I love and the fact that I love it there's a reason why I love doing this mm. and I think every person is given like a love of something mm -hmm. to guide them in which way to go in their life and that's definitely music for me so that's how I guide myself what gives me the most joy and then I go and do that. Does it scare you a bit looking back thinking how close you were to turning away from Yeah music? it does and I've had other moments since then too where I'm like should I even keep going but um, yeah it's, it's Please tough do. it's yeah. a tough tough thing to yeah, do yeah. The wonderful, <laughs> wonderful wonderful creativity and it, it's such a pleasure to to hear and uh, I think as I said earlier I think that everyone should hear it I think internationally it should be out there <laughs> That's we're going to hear too. some more now because <laughs> Bruno is going to play a song live for us here on Musician Next Door as we record at 197 Hunter Street West, Musician Next Door. And of course, a reminder that Bruno will be playing live at the end of the month, the last Friday of the month, Ooh, which is... The 26th. The 26th of July. I'm glad you remember that, Taylor. <laughs> at and, 9. Uh, at 9 o'clock here at Next Door. And so, don't forget, Alex makes a mean drink. <laughs> he makes a bunch of mean drinks. He is the cocktail maestro. Maestro. I don't know. That's what we hear from everybody. Everyone's like, oh, the cocktails are amazing. So, and one of the cool things, he makes them with those, like the massive oh, hunk of ice. I know. Which I haven't seen. Which oh, cool. looks fresh really fruit? neat. And the fresh fruit. There's oh, all kinds. Puree, just come, just like, come oh, and check so them good. all out. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And obviously, like, take a cap, because if you have all the <laughs> cocktails, we don't want you driving anywhere. Right. Uh, sorry, we're getting a little off track. But, uh, what are you going to play for us? Um, I think I'll play Whisper Tune, which is Perfect. a song that works well just sort of solo, I guess. Yeah. Nice. I feel like I may have influenced your choice. <laughs> I kept saying, Whisper Tune is really good. <laughs> you did, really you did. <laughs> All right, so this is Bruno Murs, the musician next door with Whisper Tune. There's a quiet that's descending. As the seas they rise And the fields lie broken Under burning skies And I hear stillness in the highways Though they roar like waves Can you hear it people Whisper turn 
Whisper Turn, performed by Bruno Marriage Live here at the mus Musician Next Door. Uh, just lovely. Uh, boy, we, it, it's really fun to hear the difference between the recorded and the live versions because mm -hmm. there is, there's obviously a lot of, of thought goes into the way you produce your songs with the music, yeah. with the layers. So it's interesting to hear the stripped down version. And you were very precise when I asked you about playing a song live. You said, uh, probably one of these because they translate well to, to live. But yeah. How's that? How's that work? Um, I think if the mel well, I've there's often a lot of things going on in my songs. Like I have a little melody played by a second guitar, and um, those are quite important parts of the song. I find so if I just this song had has quite a strong sung melody, and it's quite accessible, and it just sort of works really stripped back. There's a few of them that work like that, and other ones I feel like I need a few other people playing alongside. I'm not very used to doing full, full solo. <laughs> I usually have a band. That's nice. Yeah. One last thing I want to ask before I know, Carrie, you've got nothing. I'm kind of hoarding, um, hoarding things, but the uh, you don't have exactly a booming voice. No. When you're speaking, you're quite soft-spoken. But I mean, the the songs when you they're produced are quite haunting, and when you're singing, it's very clear. It comes across well. But how do you handle? It? And I'm asking honestly, partly for Carrie because she is also <laughs> quite a soft singer, but um, but a gorgeous voice. I mean, fans of the podcast have heard you know? beautiful voice. So how do you manage that technically? when you're to, to make sure that your voice is getting not drowned out by guitars and, and getting what it deserves um so 
in a recording you mean in a, well often i'll sing well, quite live as well but yeah so live live it's a bit different live i have to actually like ramp it up a bit generally okay. but um in an, in an atmosphere like this i don't have to sing very loud because the mic it's just two microphones yeah but if there's a lot going on on stage i change the way i sing so i actually sing quite a bit louder and um but in the recording you just you can turn yourself up yeah. and use compression and like little tricks to, mm. to make your voice stand out. And sometimes I'll double or triple my voice to make it even thicker in the in the mix for recording. Yeah, I've heard of that too. Yeah, you've had done that, right? Or James? Well, James, did that yeah, a bit? he did that with with one of my songs. We layered my voice, but most of them were done. Um, I had the pleasure of singing through uh, Willie Nelson sang through this microphone. Oh my goodness. And I got that to sing through it too. pretty amazing. So it was this big fat microphone like this and he had a, I believe he had a, a the little a, screen. Yeah, the screen in front of it oh, or wow. something. <laughs> it was fun. But that we used different amazing. mics through yeah. a lot of the recording, which is yeah. neat. He's such a, a talented musician and he's so competent with all the stair, uh, the, the sound system stuff that mm. it was really fun for me to be in an environment where you're sort of learning how to do all that yeah and he took some time with me aside from it because um and worked on um some structures with a few of my songs so we would sit together and, oh right that's and, great and work through them and, and it was really it was a lot of fun for me to to be a part of that creative process and see some neat ideas transform and and take myself a little further you know which was fun yeah so speaking of creative processes and, and doing different things. You want to ask yes, Bruno about I'm a different project. Yes, I'm dying to hear this uh, wonderful story. So Dreda's father, Peter, he is um, a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, and he does mostly documentaries, I believe. Yeah. And he took on the project of doing uh, a movie about the, the pig's ear, which is a well-known bar here in Peterborough that people mourn over. Yeah. <laughs> last beer at the pig's ear. <laughs> That's right. That's the title. That's right? the title. Yeah. The, the last title. Yeah. The last beer at the, the pig's, pig's ear. ear. Yeah. So you were involved in this documentary. I'm not sure if it was just musically or other aspects. So I was just um, wondering how that. Mostly musically, but it ended up being, I think I spent more time doing the sound editing at, ah. at the end, like trying to clean up a lot of the sound because it was recorded in this really loud pub. So a lot of it had to be cleaned up to be audible. Wow. But um, the music writing the music was super fun I, I love doing any kind of soundtrack work it's really really fun that's so cool but it was a um it was it was fun getting the right sound for the for the film because the pig's ear is a sort of have you did you ever go in there i did i yeah. got the i was able to go I grew up in <laughs> oh yes yeah, so you know all about it <laughs> yeah. so it's can be races i've done the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> okay well so you know all about it but so it's this place that that was just full of all sorts of people it's a bit like it was it wasn't swanky in any way it was mm. just like rough and ready and and yeah. anyone was welcome yeah real melting pot real melting pot <laughs> exactly and so at first I thought, you know, it's just kind of, it has these emotional moments. I, I, I might just do some nice, like, nice piano bits and things, but um, it needed this raw authenticity. So I had to find these instruments that just it kept everything really raw, really simple. Mm. And um, simple melodies um, and kept everything a bit, like, rough and jangly. And... Um, 
and it works really well. So it's the, the main theme of it starts with this really roughly played double bass and um, some sort of jangly instruments on the top, and that's sort of the Pixia theme. Wow. But um, it was lots and lots of fun to make, and yeah, and they made a great film. They made, I think they did an amazing job. They spent 80 hours in there filming. Wow. They had 80 hours of footage, I mean, right. by That's the end That's great. And edited down to an hour and a half. That's so. amazing. That's such a challenge. Yeah. Picking yeah. out what to leave out. So I remember taking a writing course in, in my uh, graduate program, doing a magazine article writing course, and I would write these like 10,000 word stories. And the, <laughs> the professor would be, you've got to trim this down, you've got to do this. And, and, and another, another person in my class had the same situation where like, there's all this stuff I want to put in here, there's all this cool stuff. And I still remember his advice. He said, they'll never, and we're like, they'll miss this. this without it, it's not the same. He said, the people who read this will never miss what they didn't know was here. So mm. pick the very best yes. stuff, yeah. keep yeah. it sharp, short, yeah. and, and I, get it to them. And, totally. And it's just, yeah, I actually had uh, some friends because I, I was a rower and we used to do after we'd do bingo for uh, we'd go work at the bingo so our fundraiser and we'd go up to the pig's ear and we'd order pizza in from Jim's and uh, we'd have they'd get us some trays of, of beer and we'd have peanut races and everything. So a couple of my rowing friends or one of my rowing friends and his fiance, they got married uh, just down around the corner um, on Hunter Street uh, across across the bridge and then the reception was at the pig's ear. Oh. And oh, we cool. set it up, we actually set up the, the room to the right as you go in, like oh, yeah. a bus. Because we always did bus trips for the, the road trips for rowing. Oh, and we right. set it up like a bus trip and we played games. That's we, so great. It was, it was pretty wild. And of course, you know, there's Elizabeth in her, in her wedding get dress. If you don't know the pigs here, it's a little um, <laughs> anomalous to have somebody in a wedding yeah, well, dress. There was, there was a wedding in there too. In, really? the, in the documentary they've got, they filmed wow. someone getting married there. Oh, that's very that's cool. so cool. Yeah. I have to see Amazing. this documentary. Yeah. I'm sad And there's some of the rowers that are in there too. There's a bit yeah. about, this is a hilarious story about the rowers in there. So yeah. Maybe you know some of those guys. I don't know. Probably, yeah. We actually <laughs> were chatting with, uh, we were waiting outside the pigs here when it was closing. Yeah, that's and, right. uh, You know, trying to get in. It was hard to get in <laughs> at the oh, end. Oh, was it? Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, people were lining up to be part of the end of it. And uh, we were chatting with some rowers in the lineup, and yeah, you, you run into rowers and people have been to the Pigs Ear everywhere in Peterborough. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. standing at the pigs ear, outside the Pigs Ear, it's going to happen. For but, sure. Uh, um, one question, yeah. one other question I had. So I, I was wondering, um, with all your talents and all the things that you are dabbling in with, with drawing and music and uh, movies, what are you doing? What are you? looking forward to in the next two years? Do you have any things in the fire? Or? Um, so that's been up and down the last few months, actually. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a funny place where I'm trying to decide exactly where to put all my concentration. But um, funnily enough, last night I had a conversation with someone and um, I think it's really clear that I'm just going to... So there's two projects I'm really going to concentrate on and it's um, my music and a project I'm doing with my little sister. She's um, her. She works under the name Birds of Passage, yeah. and um, so we're doing something together now called Lumo Morte, and um, so she's she she makes melodic kind of droney kind of music, but mm. it's very it's very beautiful and very. Um, she's I on a German her. label. Yeah, like you, you posted kind of something a little bit yeah. like that, yeah. but very. Um, very uh, sort of lo-fi the way she does it. So what we're going to do together is a bit more, um, 
so we work really well together because she's got this am angelic amazing voice and she's really good at lyrics they just mm -hmm. flow to her and my strengths are more in the production side of things and writing melodies and and arrangements so mm. together we're like this perfect mix and I've been cool. wanting to do this for years and so she said we finally just said like right let's just do it so we've released our first song um, last week I think or a week before mm. and um, so I'm going to work on an album with that and just concentrate on my stuff what's it called? Um, so the band is called Lumo Morte M-O-R so L-U-M-O Lumo and then Morte M-O-R-T-E and the first song is called My Underground, and um, it's a bit sort of David Lynchian type music. And um, so I'm just going to do basically that's going to be what I concentrate on. And when I say working on music, it's it's it encompasses planning gigs, promotion, all the marketing, all that stuff. So it's a full-time job basically you, yeah. you don't just sit in your room and record a song there's so much more that comes with it so Absolutely. with two two bands on my label it'll be pretty busy yeah so, yeah make sure you give us all the links the contact info everyone you can go to musician the musician next door at ptbopodcasters.ca and we'll put the links because we do a oh great and a, we're on instagram a, and we're on instagram and we're on facebook no we're not we're not we're only on Instagram, right? <laughs> We're only on Instagram. We, we might be on Facebook. We'll see. There's lots of stuff happening with, with the podcast, too. So, uh, But we'll put all the links on the on the post so that, it's, so that everyone can follow it. And, and uh, when they go and listen to the to the songs and to the podcast. And, uh, wow, this Thank has been so great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Again, Bruno will be playing here at Nextdoor, 197 Hunter Street West, on Friday, July 26th at 9 p.m. Carrie will open as usual and then Bruno and uh, we're, we're very excited. We want to thank you so much. It's, uh, we, we've got been getting to know you and Dreda a, a bit lately and we've really enjoyed You're it. You're such a lovely and couple. We just learned oh, we think so, so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. We'll, uh, we'll all get together and have a little yes. podcast party. We'll Sounds we'll great. Have a little artsy party. Well, thank right. you guys so thank much. Thank you so it was much. It a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. That's, uh, that's it. The Musician Next Door.